Focus on Creative podcast, where we hear from creative experts, influencers, dreamers, and doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond, and create. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. It's Rich Langton here. I'm your host, and I'm so glad that you've joined us again for another interview. This one's going to be a really good one, which I'll talk to you about in a moment. I wanted to just take a minute to thank all of our listeners who've been sharing the podcast. We've noticed that a lot of you have been sharing it on social media and giving us great feedback through Instagram and and on our YouTube channel. And I'm excited about that and grateful because it helps um, with the visibility of the podcast. Um, If you did want to do that, you can write us a review on Apple Podcasts or get in contact with us through Instagram. Today, I'm speaking with Amanda Cook. She's a friend of mine. She's a songwriter and a singer, worship leader. And uh, we've gotten to know each other over the last few years, which I talk about in the interview. But I think you'll find this is a really moving interview and special to listen to and be a part of because actually this is the first time that Amanda has talked about the journey of the last few years and the album that's as a result of her journey. It was pretty emotional for me and it's a really special moment. I think you'll find that it's pretty impacting to hear her story. And I think you'll find that the interview gives you some context for the album that Amanda has just released. As you listen to the album, after having heard the interview, it'll help. Um, It'll, I think, give you an appreciation for uh, Amanda's journey and then how that can relate to our journey as we listen to the songs and, and use them in worship. So we'll jump straight into the interview and I'll talk to you afterwards. I feel like I met you in my car listening to you on your CD, um, Brave New World. (laughs) Yeah. Because I felt like at the time when it came out, um, I don't know, it it ministered to me Mm. personally. And then we met in real life Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that's the pieces, girl. (laughs) It was funny. Um, You came here though. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget it. You came here at the start of maybe it was 2015 Mm -hmm. and Cassa, I think, asked you to come play at mm-hmm. team night. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was profound, mm-hmm. actually. It was a profound and, um, time for all this. I don't even have words to describe it. But what I loved, my memory of the night, mm. is that you just sat at the piano mm-hmm. and you led us. Mm. And it felt like it was such a sacred space. Wow. It felt like we entered into a space. Wow. And I feel like you helped us to kind of articulate worship of God in a new, different way. Wow. Because it was more <sighs> intimate mm. and emotive. Mm. And it felt like mm. you were right there in the moment. Mm. You weren't just playing songs. Mm. Is that always like that for you? Or was that a special night for you? Or was that just me? <laughs> no, it was a special night for me, for sure. I remember feeling the presence of being present with a place that has held space from my heart to grow in connection with the Lord for years because Hillsong was one of those meccas for me. The the music reached my ears in, you know, as I would drive around in the country in Canada, right. you know, on frozen roads, like just for hours by myself listening to this kind of expression, this like magnetic expression about God. And so coming here to take part in a place that, felt like it had held space for my heart and given me breath to express my own heart to God, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. It felt like walking into a home, like Mm -hmm. what you're just describing about it felt like Mm -hmm. the thing that's in me, that's in all of us, that's looking for that sanctuary that 
resides in all of us, mm. but then we get to experience it as a family together externally, mm. you know, in the mystery of worship and the mystery of yeah. singing together and encountering together and, and meditating on God and his goodness together, mm. you know? So I remember it walking away feeling like this is a moment I'll never forget to this day. I'm like, yeah, I, I won't ever forget that because mm. it, it definitely felt like the rush of feeling my teenage years, my history, mm. my history with God and, mm. and this place and this house and these songs. And there's been several places that I've been able to go to and mm. feel like I'm walking into this mm. this place that held space for my heart right. and to grow into, into this specific thing, you mm. know? Mm. It's just really sacred to me. Mm. So I just, yeah, I just remember it being mm. so beautiful and sacred and yeah. feeling like family and uh-huh. why wouldn't it? Why right. wouldn't it, yeah. you know? Um, there's only... <clears throat> I feel like you only get to experience those times sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I guess that's why they're, yeah. they're memorable. Yeah. Even though, I don't know, I guess we'd sung your songs before and we'd, mm. we'd gathered before and mm. all of that stuff, but it was a, it was just one of those times. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't the first time you'd been to Sydney though or Hillsong Church, right? Yeah, I had come uh, once years prior mm. to visit one of my dear friends who was living in Byron Bay at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, we made a little pilgrimage to come to Hillsong right. and came to a service and <laughs> ended up staying with Autumn, yeah, um, sleeping on her bedroom floor. It was amazing. It was yeah. just amazing. That was the first time I'd been yeah. to Sydney. Yeah. At that point, were you Amanda Lindsay Cook or were you just <laughs> Amanda Lindsay Cook? <laughs> um, Do you know what I mean? At that yeah, at that time I was Amanda Falk and I had done, I had, music had always kind of been part of, of it was the on-ramp of expression and searching and discovery and God and all the things for me. Mm. So I had, you know, made some music in Canada and I think it's just, it's it's funny and beautiful to look at the progression of mm. of things, I mm. think, over time and and feel just as thunderstruck now as I did back then, right. you know, it, to keep the wonder alive. It uh-huh. feels amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever think that it's crazy just how how God works? Yes. So you turn up at a place that has yes. your heart one yes. time and, yes. and you're anonymous in the crowd, yes. but you yes. happen to meet someone who's kind of key it's in our crazy. world. It was crazy. Yeah. It was wild. Mm. And then seeing Autumn years later, that right. was like, yeah. that was just a, I think those moments where we look each other in the eye this side of heaven and just sell like are able to mark mm. the mystery mm-hmm. together and go, isn't God just so beyond mm-hmm. and, and yet so intimately connected to our details, yeah. you know, it just, it was one of those moments. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Beautiful. So you grew up in Canada mm-hmm. and you've played music for a long time mm-hmm. and you've written music, written music for a long time. Mm-hmm. Did you think that that music would end up being church music? Was it always kind of worship? I loved I loved what felt like the final frontier. I loved I loved anything that I felt like I couldn't master or conquer. So I loved the idea of God because it's the final frontier. It's like this endless um discoverable mystery mm. of love. And I loved music cuz it felt like the same quality. Like I, I'll never be able to master it. It's always going to teach it's going to mm-hmm. teach me more than I master it. Yep. And so I, putting those two things together made sense. It was the only thing that kind of made sense to me. I'm not good right. at a lot of other things right. necessarily also. Mm-hmm. So thank God for that. So you checked off everything else. Yeah. Like I really wanted, <laughs> I really wanted to be a figure skater and go to the Olympics. No and that was, that was, a, um, yeah, I'm glad music won that one. But, um, 
So I think, and yet uh, that being said, so I grew up in the church and I grew up playing in a worship band. I was very, very timid and very afraid of what people thought and, and scared to get things wrong, scared of failure, all those things Mm. and scared of leadership. Really. I didn't, I didn't relish the thought of being, you know, in the limelight. It was just, it was too scary. All the eyes staring at you. And Mm. so I, my introduction into it was, you know, my dad created a space for me in our little church of like a hundred people to come and sit at the piano without fanfare and just play Mm. for a song, right? you know, and then go sit down back in my seat. And I think that was necessary for my tiny heart to be able to Mm. engage in it, be part of it, but not feel all the, all the other things, all the other leadership things. And Mm. so I always loved music and I, I would say the dream would have been I, I wanted to be able to express spiritually hmm. what it was that I felt when I was in the presence of God. Hmm. I had such a hard time doing that though because every time I sat down to try to write a worship song, it felt like I was trying to write a worship song, right? Rather than just right. actually worshiping, worshiping and right. then just <clears throat> like saying it, saying it how it was. Mm-hmm. I would get stuck in kind of the egoic like I have to make the sound good. I have to try to because he deserves it because right. God deserves you know he's worthy of all this. So I'm like singing about his worthiness, but then I'm like my tiny little human understanding doesn't line up to that. So I kind of I had to tuck myself into the songs and the ascents of other people mm-hmm. who and I'm I mean a huge reference for me is Joel. Mm-hmm. He said I, I would tuck myself into the melodies and the lyric and because it felt so heartfelt and mm-hmm. so true. And I was like right. just gonna I'm gonna sing it as though. I wrote it because I feel like I felt that human connection, you know? Right. But then when I would try to write a worship song, I felt like I was trying to write a worship song. Right. So it didn't come until later. I did a couple of records that were just expressing. They were just expressing my human heartbreak or, you know, just myster- mysterious poetic things. Some of them don't even make really a lot of sense. When yeah. I listen back to them, right. <laughs> it was a great attempt. Thank you for trying. What did I mean by that? I don't know. Right. And then I remember the first time I really sat down and I was just raw before the Lord and wanting to, you know, express. Um, and I borrowed other people's music and chords and melodies and then started singing off the end of it right. and just expressing mm. something. And mm. it felt so simple. Mm. And um, and that was the first time I wrote a church song. Right. And, and that ended up um, being on a Bethel record. Um, called I Will Exalt. And it's very simple. And yeah, the simplicity of it just made something clicked in the moment. It was like, oh, my heart feels connected to this. Mm. I think because music was the truth telling place for me too, emotionally, because I did not know how to express my emotions with any other language Mm. than the piano for years and years. Mm. And so I knew what felt true to me Mm. from my soul when I would play, but it was hard for me to find lyrics that felt true to my soul yeah, right. when I spoke. Right. So the merging of those things together mm. was really profound for mm. me and more simple than I ever would have thought it would be. Right. But yeah. I guess in discovering that, yeah. it feels to me like you, like I guess speaking from my own experience with, with your album, mm-hmm. I would put it on at, at times where I needed something more intimate but in that, like, how do you go about going from the place of discovering that for right, yourself right. and then being kind of brave enough to put that on an album or take that to right, church? Like, right. how do you share <laughs> that place with, right? you know, come right, whoever? Right. <laughs> um, it always feels vulnerable. It yeah. always feels. And I think it 
if there is any should to live by, which I don't really subscribe to shoulds, but if there was any should, I feel like it would be that it should feel vulnerable every time mm. in the in the beautiful way, in the expressive yeah. way. I've been surrounded by amazing people who have done <laughs> the the work of getting to know my tender heart that I like to keep far in the background and right. <laughs> withdrawn and it's safer out. It's safer out here, right. you know, than, than out here. Mm. It feels safer anyways. Mm. And so I've had amazing people around me who have listened intently to the little murmurings and the little wonderings and the little thoughts, you know, that are barely above a whisper. And they go, what was that again? And then they, they create a space for it mm. to you know, for me to bring something forward and right. keep it intimate, but make it accessible yeah. and not just self-indulgent, but inclusive mm. of all of our story. Cause all of us go through mm. all these magnificently human and broken things. And mm. so yeah, I feel like I've had incredible people who have created, who have held that space for me too, just like yeah. have held that space for that connection. Cause I think for me, music feels like connection. Huh. And so that's the thing that I think I'm after. I want to feel connected. I want to feel connected to the Lord. I want to feel connected to my own soul. I want to feel mm. connected to humanity. Mm. So the music has a transcendent quality that does all three in one, Yeah, which is part of the beauty of mm. it. So, But then you run yeah. the risk of sort of being connected yeah. emotionally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even, I guess, to God spiritually. Yeah. But, but emotionally connected to the people you're right, leading, right, let's right. say. yeah. Therefore, you're sort of expending yourself yeah, yeah. every time you lead worship. Yeah. Which for an introvert then, yeah. is pretty exhausting. It's like an energy drain. <laughs> right. So <laughs> no, how do you balance like that, but... that as well? Yeah, this is, this is actually really key. I love this because Johnny and Mel Hauser taught us to do this. I was like, this is a key that I will return to every single time. Yeah. They have this... Uh, this sacred rhythm that they return to every single time they lead worship when they mm -hmm. come off stage. Mm -hmm. Cause we're used to praying before mm -hmm. and asking the Lord to meet us and asking the Lord to do whatever he's going to do and submitting ourselves and mm -hmm. surrendering ourselves to whatever the work is that he wants to do. Mm -hmm. But coming off stage, sometimes we just all scatter and disperse and then go to like our hotel rooms or back to the bus or our homes or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and then lay in bed and don't realize that we left our hearts there yeah. as we're driving to the next place or mm -hmm. as we're going to the next day, mm -hmm. you know, if we're leading worship at home, it's the mm -hmm. same anywhere. Mm -hmm. It could happen in conversations. It's costly. The love that we're called to is costly. We're meant to actually spend yeah. it on each other, mm -hmm. lavish it on each mm -hmm. other. It's meant to feel costly. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a sacred rhythm that they taught us that they return to, which is every single time they come off stage, mm -hmm. they gather mm -hmm. and they give everything back to the Lord and they tuck their souls back into the shadow of his wing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this changes everything because right. it gives me a visual practice of, of thanking God for everything that happened, mm -hmm. feeling the smile of the Father, mm -hmm. feeling the smile of Jesus, mm -hmm. who is the only one that actually knows every single heart in the room and can hold every heart in the room and mm -hmm. be responsible for every heart in the room. Mm -hmm. We came to serve that. Yeah. And then we use that language of like, now we give it all back to you. We give you everything that happened, everything mm -hmm. that we feel didn't happen or could have happened, everything that we wish would have happened, mm -hmm. everything that we celebrate. And then we tuck ourselves back into the shadow mm. of a father's wing mm -hmm. that just says, well done. Thank you for showing up. Yeah. And you can feel, I can feel the replenishment happen <laughs> in those moments, mm. actually, of, of like when we live open-handed, mm. there's more that's being given to us than we can ever expend. I think right. when I live in scarcity, I forget that the source is endless. Mm -hmm. 
I don't, I'm not endless. I'm human. I have limitations, but the Mm. source that holds all of us together is endless. Mm. So I'm partaking in that. Mm. And he cares so deeply about our soul's condition that he gives me rest. Like he wants us to live in rest, cycles Mm. and rhythms of rest, Mm -hmm. not just relief (laughs) from being poured out, but rest where we walk in and there's Mm. like, you know, there's an overflow to pull from. Mm. And so I think acknowledging the limitation at the end of the day going, wow, I feel so drained Mm. is important because it's part of our humanity. Mm. Jesus Mm. went and rested with the Father. Jesus went off into solitude, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think he taught us how to do those sacred rhythms really Mm. well. So Mm. that's that's one of the things I think that's a key. Plus it makes it so much more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. You get to actually drop into the enjoyment, which is the joy Mm. of the moment. Mm -hmm. Being immersed in the joy of the moment is enjoyment. Mm. So then I get to enjoy the moment Mm. that things are pulling and moving and, yeah. you know, we're yeah. partaking in, mm. knowing that I don't have to hold on to any of this mm. or carry it with me into the, yeah. the next moment. Mm. I get to just mm. enjoy the people. Well, then we then we start to enjoy the people in the room. Yeah. We enjoy mm-hmm. the fact that we're all together right. and this combination might never happen again. Mm. It's all very mystical and beautiful, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that has saved me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the little introverted heart right. in me. So you're not pouring yourself out every time and just leaving yourself empty all yeah. the time. Yeah, there's like mm. a sanctuary to return to mm. internally that, mm. you know, it's a communion that's mm. constant, but it does require like being able to leave that and go to this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for you, what's the difference between just worshiping mm-hmm. and, and you happen to be on a platform right, right. and then worship leading? Right. Is there a difference? Yeah, I do think there is. Somewhat. Mm. Even as I said that, I'm like, I think it's both and. Right. I think it's always in play. Yeah. For me, for years and years and years and years, I so struggled with being up in front of people. And it's not, that's not a humble statement. That's actually just my ego talking because um, my ego is wrapped up in needing to try to do the right thing or figure it out or lead well or, uh, Mm. and, and, And so I would just want to squeeze my eyes shut and just worship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that almost feels more holy. Right. And at the time, it probably was the only thing that I could do right. in order to in mm. order to sustain being up in front of people. Right. I just, I put so much stock in how well I represented God. And I think that is mm. important. I think mm. it is important that, you know, we bring mm-hmm. our whole selves to the table and be authentic yeah. about mm-hmm. our representation with God with integrity, yeah. which means the integrated soul. Mm. It means that I'm like not taking off one hat to put another hat on and then present myself somewhere else. It mm. just means that I am I am fully immersed in the oneness of being right. with God. Right. And so it's taken years to kind of feel myself be recollected, like the way that Jesus recollects us and reintegrates us. Mm. And so I've taken a year off and I needed to. I needed to go into an actual place of sanctuary off the grid mm-hmm. and um, without just living from breath to breath and event to event and step to step Mm. for me, I needed to not actually know when the next thing would be. Mm -hmm. I needed to go into the mystery with God. And I came to color during Mm -hmm. that year and it was so healing and so fruitful and so Mm -hmm. beautiful to, Mm -hmm. to engage in that, in that space and have some major things um, pressed um, and healed in Mm -hmm. my heart. Mm -hmm. And then coming back, I only say that because coming back to, any kind of public forum, I think the gospel has taken my heart in a different... I encountered the Jesus that I sung about for years with my eyes closed. Mm. I feel like I made eye contact with the kindness of Jesus in the dark night of the soul. Mm. And I know something that I will never not know again. And that sounds very 
like almost arrogant, but I feel as though it's like, no, I, I know something because the Holy Spirit knows it in me. And wow. so there's a knowing that takes place when we encounter the kindness mm. of Jesus in our brokenness mm. and the eye contact that sustains us mm. that will never let us go. And I feel that overtakes any kind of egoic presentation of the gospel. Now it's just like, I am compelled and convicted over the good news because I know it's good. Yeah. I know it's truly good right. in the essence of the word. Mm -hmm. And so leadership now looks like worshiping with my eyes open mm -hmm. and enjoying the beauty of the moment and enjoying the beauty of, of the gospel being presented to all of us mm. in our own personality in our own way of understanding. He's that mm. good, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think I needed to go through the transition and all of it counts. I mean, like every attempt that we ever make to sing to Jesus and bring people along and mm -hmm. compel people towards hope and goodness right. and light and life and the fruit of the Spirit, you know, is it all counts. It all counts. I just think with leading worship, it feels so grounded in something that's so much bigger than any attempt that I could make. Right. So I rest there now. I right. rest in trust. Right. That's It feels different. Hmm. I actually really resonate with what you're saying about yeah. Trying so hard to represent God right, so well, right? Yeah, that you're almost striving. Yeah, in it, absolutely. Um, yeah, but from that space, what was success in that space, and how is that different to now? Yeah, success to me now feels like surrendering daily, whatever success could look like. Because when it comes to me, I'll miss it if I was attached to the one from yesterday. Hmm. And success can look like, and it feels like. A heart that's fully alive mm. now more than ever it feels like resurrection on the other side of what I thought death would be what I what I thought the threshold that I felt would end me and it did end things in me it mm. ended this this ceaseless striving in me to try mm. to gain something I couldn't that only is offered through grace mm. I had to run right into that I had to lay down in it I had to be still in it I had to let it come to me mm -hmm. um, I had to let it heal me I had to let it restore me I had to let it kind of level me mm. in the best way. So I think success for a long time looked like adding up the pros of the day and hoping that they outweighed the cons. Mm. And success to me now just looks like coming to Jesus at the end of the day with all the pros and cons and surrendering the form of all of it. Right. Surrendering the form of everything, every encounter, every moment that it's just all given back as a mm. as an offering, you yeah. know? Because that prepares me then for the next day. Mm. It prepares me for whatever offering is it's going to look like tomorrow, and it'll look very different. Mm. You know, some seasons it will look like going completely off the grid and mm -hmm. going for walks in the country and grappling and wrestling and waiting, which just feels like endless, you know, <laughs> and going through the panic and through the anxiety mm. and through the offering. Like those those things became precious offerings to me, offering mm. my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And surrender became an it became an offering. Mm. So, yeah, success to me just looks like a heart that's still beating, yeah. but not in the I'm still here surviving sort of way. It's actually you no, know, I went through what felt like a death, and mm. there really is life after death, and and life after death feels like love. It right. feels immense, mm. and it feels unthreatenable. Mm. It feels like what Jesus came to give us. Like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this is the salvation that I've been. Mm singing of as a concept right. for years and it feels living and active right. in my like bone structure. It right. feels like mm. this is what feeling alive. Mm. Um, it was always true, right? Yeah, yeah. You meant it yeah, then, yeah. just mean it in a new, fresh, yeah. 
yeah. living way. Yeah. Does this season you've been through now set you up for those seasons in the future? I feel like when I go through stuff, I, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, le- I'm gonna remember that for next time. Oh, we all hope and, so, don't and we? And then you get there and you're yeah. like, oh, it's I different forget. or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. I guess the big picture truth of who God is mm-hmm. keeps resonating. And yeah, yeah. Mm. I think we make markers along the way. We build altars along the way. There's a reason why they built our altars. Right. Um, it was for remembrance. It mm-hmm. was, I am going to forget. I'm finite. Yeah. My ways of thinking tend to be quite shallow. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to count on you remembering this for me. Now, mm-hmm. actually, that's more of a practice for me is that I count mm-hmm. on the fact that he will remember it for me. Yeah. And so as long as I return to that, yeah. that's what sustained me. Yeah. And that's what sustains us, I think, is mm-hmm. that we return to the one who remembers the things for us that we forget. Yeah. And when Jesus was on the cross and and the man next to him said, remember me. I remember Steph did a teaching on this once where she was just talking about. It wasn't that he was asking Jesus to not forget about him when he entered paradise. Mm-hmm. It was that he was asking him to remember, to recollect the broken pieces of his shattered self mm-hmm. and his shattered soul to reintegrate it. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was dismembered, mm-hmm. fractured. Right. So asking Jesus to remember the things that we forget to me is a very real prayer yeah, right. because I believe that he will. Like John 17, mm-hmm. the way that he prays for us in the Garden of Gethsemane mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. includes all of humanity in that prayer. To me, that's the thing that I hold on to more now than ever. It's mm-hmm. the fact that I, the awareness that I will forget. Right but he will remember and bring it back for me. Yeah. We'll get right back to the episode brought to you by our Hillsong Worship and Creative Conference. It's for every kind of creative, whether you're a musician, singer, a graphic designer, architect, an audio engineer, or video editor. It's a place for the artists of the church to gather together, to worship, to be inspired and refreshed, and to be equipped and trained for your sphere of creativity. Find out more details at hillsong.com forward slash WCC. Now, let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Amanda Lindsay Cook, and these are my Fantastic Four. The purchase that has impacted me the most in the last six months that was $100 or less was probably a book called Be Brave and basically she wrote a book by eliminating most of the words of the book which I thought was brilliant and it was also very profound it was a great purchase Uh, my favorite cuisine at the moment would probably be uh, well I would love to say pasta but I can't really eat it a whole lot so that's unfortunate um but yeah, probably pasta. What job I would be terrible at? Probably organizing someone else's life. If I didn't have to sleep, what I would do with my time, I probably would have more space for more people, maybe. I'd, I'd just have more, because I'm, I'm an introvert, so I recharge largely in solitude. So I think sleep is essential for that. Yeah, I probably would just have more time with more people and more friends. I remember a few months back, Cass was in your part of the world. Mm -hmm. She came home and um, she's like, I saw Amanda while I was there. And um, she shared with me some of the new songs Mm -hmm. that she's been writing in Mm -hmm. this time. Yeah. So she came home and she's like, Rich, you're going to die when you hear these songs. (laughs) 
think she was just so mm. like moved by what you shared mm. with her, and um, and I was a, just a little bit jealous <laughs> um, because I I think like your last album it resonated mm. with me. It's it spoke things that I needed to say to God and wow. to the world. Wow. Anyways. <laughs> So she came home and she shared that with me. And since then to even now, I'm, I've just been looking forward mm. to God using your journey in some kind of alabaster jar kind yeah. of way. Yeah. yeah. How in the journey mm. have you managed to keep expressing yourself in song and then keep mm. being vulnerable mm-hmm. and, and then how have you been... I guess preparing to bring that to the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that a wild makes one. sense. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> of amazing people around me and a real community that becomes real when you need them. And my producers who produce this record with me and for me, they're another they they've held space for me and for my process in my life and for years. And Jason, I remember telling me he told me last fall, I think you need to write your way through this. You need to sing your way through this. And um, and so that's what we did. Uh-huh. And he, he was so great. They were so great at holding the line um, without things becoming self-indulgent. I'm so fortunate to be surrounded by people who can do deep pain without the pity. Right. Which is phenomenal to mm-hmm. me, to for people to hold space for pain, to mm-hmm. weep with you, mm-hmm. to walk through the dark night of the soul without resorting to pity. Right. And so the songs, I feel really moved by them because they came to us as gifts. They came to me in the form of, I can't do anthems right now. Right. I have to sing about a comforter who is really close, like where there are no words and even breathing hurts. You're mm-hmm. my comforter. I had to be able to express that, mm-hmm. like in some kind of way, because it all counts. And mm-hmm. I think we live in a kingdom where nothing is wasted. And uh, there will be anthems that come, you're, you know, in the next years, who knows, whatever, right. whatever's next. I have no idea. I'm just living in the now, which is really abundant. And so this this collection or this, this like framework, that it felt like art therapy. It felt like I was being led through mm. with poetry and vision and sounds that could just sustain my heart, you know, through a grief process, which I think is really essential. I think we all go through grieving and we walk into church and we show up and we want to sing the anthems, but sometimes we just have to tuck ourselves into the other people singing the anthems, which is just as compelling Mm -hmm. as singing it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I had to tuck myself into the songs like So Will I. I remember So Will I came out Mm -hmm. at a time where I was like, I don't have the guts. I don't have the gusto. I don't have the air in my lungs, Mm. but boy, like Ben Hastings does. Yeah, He's my friend. And like, I'm going to tuck myself into that faith Mm -hmm. and let them sing it for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. and sing me back to life. Yeah. And so I feel like this is, this album is kind of a response to all of those songs and all those people Mm. who sang me through it and all Mm. the faith that I didn't even know how to have. It's kind of like we write back. It's like we write letters to each other. I feel like we all write love letters to (laughs) each other, (laughs) like with with albums, you Mm -hmm. know, especially as Mm -hmm. we're like, all the streams start to flow as one river. It's like we respond back to the things that they wrote that healed my heart in a certain way. And now I have something to express back to, you know, I don't even know if this is answering a question. It feels, I feel like the success in this record is just that it feels really integrated and true Mm. 
to the moment, to mm. Jesus meeting us in our moments mm. where we don't have faith and we don't have anything. Right. We have more questions than answers. Mm. And there he is mm. with a story. Mm. Like there, I remember one time saying to Jesus, I don't have faith for this. And he said, it's okay. I have enough for the both of us. <laughs> and I just laid down at night mm. in that and I fell asleep to it. And I woke up to it in the morning. I'm like, mm. you're still here. Right. Like you're just anywhere. still here. Mm. Like that is magnificent. Mm. I thought all of my years of trying to have faith were, was what brought you close. Right. When in reality, you were the one, you were the magnet. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I hope that this just simply lifts the spirit and brings clarity and coherence to that space, that internal space that mm. we all have that mm. has, you know, a lot of questions and finds Jesus dignifying our mm. questions with a story and with a, with a chat and with a table full of food and with tears and with hope enough for the both of us. Yeah. Yeah. When you create an album, or at least this one, yeah, is it then just literally like a gift? You're just, in a sense, obviously there's all this business yeah. stuff of right. you know, yeah, people yeah. who have to have it and yeah, yeah. distribute it yeah. and all that. But yeah. do you kind of give it over to the church, to the world, kind of then have to forget about it? How do you not stay connected to it? Yeah, yeah. But also be connected. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think it's just I wanna when I feel compelled and led into something like this, it's like a I wanna follow it all the way through. So that looks like everything from every note that's on it to right. what it looks like and feels like and what the atmosphere feels like, you know, in mm. a live space. Right. But I think just we're servants of the work. The work comes to us and says, enflesh me. Like, here I am. It's like a muse, basically. It's mm -hmm. like we make space as little tiny humans for the divine creativity of God to come into the room and for us to be affected by it and moved by it and then want to somehow wrap some sort of words or melody or lyric or something or paint or whatever. We're just overcome with like, this is so beautiful. How do I express it, you know? So, yeah, I don't even know if I'm answering the question. I just, I feel with this work, it's an, it's a, it's a collection of of a of a vulnerable transition that let that was like a death that led to life and it feels very marking and so I just wanna I wanna serve that really well. Yeah. And I, I feel like we are servants of the work in that way mm -hmm. where it's mm -hmm. like sometimes we can get overrun with momentum or we have to know before we know or we have to like have the answer before the question's asked, but to me, the discovery is kind of the most fun part. It's like kind of the scariest mm -hmm. part, but it's the most fun part because then we get to watch all these pieces come together and people come together yeah. with different creative ideas. That, mm. Oh my gosh, we never thought of that before. Oh my gosh, we never knew that. Mm. Oh my gosh, you know, like there's a lighting director that I adore who I love to work with. He just, I just trust him wholeheartedly. I mean, you guys have this in your, in you know, the, the immensity of the worlds that you create mm -hmm. creatively with, you know, this conference and everything else. Mm -hmm. There's people that just bring this piece that mm -hmm. you're like, this is beyond my wildest mm -hmm. dreams. And then some, mm -hmm. it, feel, it feels like it makes sense yeah. now that you're here. And I feel right. like the onus is actually on the person. Mm -hmm. The fact that the person walked into the room with a presence yeah. and a key and an understanding of God's nature to unlock the greater work that yeah. we're all involved in, the uh -huh. greater story, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I just, uh, yeah, I want to do well with it. I just want to mm. serve it well, whatever that looks like, yeah. however it's going to unfold. We're, we're in discovery mode with it, you know? It. Sort of feels really precious yeah. because you've been through stuff. And yeah. It's real life. Yeah. You're living, yeah. Trying to communicate real life yeah. in a sense and 
honor God. Yeah, and I think I think the success comes in when we're because there's songs that I write that are purely self-indulgent and they're for <laughs> self-expression. And I think right. they're necessary for my own. It's like a journal. I need to write in a journal so that I can grow, I can evolve, I can, you know, become yeah. more mature as a person walking with the Lord. And then, but the the success for me would be that somebody takes this and doesn't think about, oh, Amanda had a moment and a hard time and right. walked through it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that that serves is that it represents that we all actually can experience resurrection. Yeah. We all can experience the good news. Right. Um, but rather the success would be like, this is my story. Like for anyone to sit with it and go, this is my own language. This is my own thought, my own mm-hmm. word, my own process. Like mm-hmm. I can put my own story into this. Yes. Not Amanda had this experience. It's like I'm having this experience. This right. is mine. That's how I feel mm-hmm. about all the. That's how I felt about so will I. Like, it's like this song is. It's what I needed. It's my mm-hmm. language. I couldn't even express it. Like, thank God, you yes. know. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like art that is so inclusive in that way that mm-hmm. creates space for people to be able to engage in their own human process. Yeah. That's that's so so brilliant. Mm. I love that we're having this conversation because yeah. <laughs> I feel like people listening. I don't know. I guess as people can be people, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll approach art. Yeah. However, they will approach it. Yeah. Um, I guess we tend to critique. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> the yeah. fact that we can have a conversation and put it out mm-hmm. alongside yeah. the art yeah. means that people can realize the heart behind yeah. it, the reason for it. That yeah. it's not meant to be self indulgent. It's not yeah. just telling your story. Yeah. But thank you for sharing with us. We didn't talk details, but. You have a new album coming out. Yes. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah. Tell us about it. It's called House on a Hill. <laughs> and that's the most restrained song on the whole record. And I felt like it, I struggled so hard with coming up with a title. It was like right down to the the last wire. Everyone's texting <laughs> me. We just need, a, just decide, you know, and I'm weighing it. I'm texting. I'm like, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? And House on a Hill just felt very intimate and I feel like this whole album is an invitation the song is an invitation it was a bit akin to St. Teresa of Avila the interior castle kind of vibes Mm. where we go into the sanctuary of our own soul and we meet with God there in the solitary space and we find out everything that felt lonely becomes friendly with the communion of Jesus Mm. in that space but I had to go to that space, to that terrifyingly lonely. It just felt like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get there and it's going to... It was quite literal. I did end up in a house on a hill, multiple houses <laughs> on hills, but I did end up right. in an empty house on a hill in the making of this record. And Steph flew out and I was like, we need to canonize this season. It's so paramount that we find a way to express like the fact that I got here to this place that I thought would be entirely empty, Mm -hmm. but instead it was full of infinite possibility and it was ever so friendly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so the the title of it, the title track is just, it's quite literally me in the house on a hill singing a song about it, about Mm -hmm. this invitation that we feel that prompt to go to that space with the Lord. And then the rest of the album is kind of wrapped around that pilgrimage, the coming from a place a house that I built. It's all very allegorical. It's all right. very kind of picturesque language. But the first song on the record basically is me talking about being stuck inside a house of my own making. Right. Internally, these are all internal yes. spaces. It's kind of, I right. mean, I've been in therapy for years. So I think <laughs> art therapy, it's just very, it's helped me a lot. So being basically starting at this point of feeling trapped in a house of my own making and wanting to hide and disappear mm-hmm. under the covers and then 
finding out that the awakening is that actually while my heart was fast asleep, he was resurrecting me. Mm. And that I thought I would never breathe. I thought the pain would never leave, but he's redeeming everything. Mm. So it's that's the start of it, right? The fact that like my awakening took place in pain and pain often is our is actually a, it's it's a it's a wake up call, mm-hmm. right? And so then it's kind of it journeys through this discovery mode of this pilgrimage to this house on a hill. It goes through an evergreen forest. There's a song <laughs> called Evergreen. And then there's, you know, this this realization that he's not going anywhere. He's with me in the dark night. He's with me this whole time, uncomfortably close in this right. whole thing. And then this invitation to this house on a hill mm. and this encounter. And then expanding out of the encounter, the, the possibilities that now are going to take place through this, this moment, this mm. encounter of... Mm this reintegration, this reestablishment of what the gospel really means and what good news looks like and that it really is that good. It's not too good to be true. It just simply is good. It's full. Mm-hmm. The word good is full. It's complete. Mm-hmm. And so then it goes into this other poetic space. It kind of builds from there into this this heart mapping system almost. That It felt like a heart yeah. mapping mm-hmm place for me of being able to go from the house on the hill then to the clearing and to the new country. It ends with a song called The New Country, mm. which is about death and resurrection. And Henry Nguyen has this excerpt in a book basically talking about salvation mm. and how it feels like leaving an old way of thinking, doing, being, your joys, your pain, everything. You have to leave it all behind mm. to enter into this new way of this new country. You have to learn a new way of thinking. You right. it's like going to a new place with new language, new ways, mm-hmm. driving on the other side of the road. Um, <laughs> it must be Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um which is actually a way of healing trauma. Um I found out later on in the process, a pastor friend of mine told me that, you know, with people who go through PTSD, they actually suggest that you don't go to the familiar space, you go to a new place mm-hmm. where you have to learn you have to learn new things right. because it forms new pathways in your brain. Mm-hmm which is renewing your mind, essentially, new ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. Because when you renew your mind, you give yourself a new thought to think the old ways, the old ruts of thinking actually end up dying Mm -hmm. and get passed through your body. Mm -hmm. This is very graphic, (laughs) but like toxins, you actually release it. Like, and so anyways, it ends in this space of going through this death and resurrection into a new country and, and embracing like the breath on the other Mm -hmm. side, like the chorus of it being in, Jason Ingram's so brilliant. I walked in to the writing session with this excerpt of Henry Nguyen and was like, I don't know what this is, but I just want to write around it. And and he just started typing like mad and then read back to me, basically invited unto death till all that I have left is everything I need. And I begin to breathe in the new country. I was like, that'll do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that ironically was one of the first songs you wrote wow. for the record. And it's the last song on the record because mm. it, I feel like whenever we're engaging in the mystery of an artistic process, it teaches us more than we yeah. know, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite special. It yeah. feels very connected and congruent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be a journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saddle up. I mean, yeah, there's right. some, I feel like we went to the depth, but like there's some really beautiful, light, brisk, happy, yeah. 
Like, I felt held by joy in the middle of sorrow. Yeah. Figure that out. I don't know how. Yeah. It's a paradox, but it's part of living a holistic life, mm. is that we have capacity for sorrow within our joy, and we have yeah. capacity for joy within our sorrow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those mm. gentle and Because spaces. we're so multifaceted yeah. in our yeah. humanity. Yeah. And, but then the church is yeah. so diverse. Yeah. And, like, when you're going through joy, someone else is going through mm-hmm. pain yeah. and sorrow and all of that. So, yeah. Hopefully the album will speak to lots of people. Yes, I hope so. Actually, I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for your music and that you would just keep walking forward. Thank you. And keep um, being brave enough to share with us your journey because obviously it's meaningful to other people. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so impacted by you guys and I love everything that you do. I love being here. Love it. It's amazing. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Appreciate it. Well, I'm not sure exactly how to wrap that up or how to uh, respond to that. To, to be honest, the interview was really, it was an emotional time for me and I felt very intimate. Uh, Amanda was sharing her soul with, with myself, but also with you as listeners. And so I guess the best response is to listen to her music um, with the context of the story that goes alongside that and learn from the lessons that Amanda's learned from um, so that perhaps we don't have to go through some of the pain that she has gone through but if we are the lesson is to keep going like she has and to um, keep trusting God and to journey through the things that that he takes us through as we outwork our faith and our creativity our worship of him well that's it for today's episode I really hope you've enjoyed it if you'd like to subscribe you can do that pretty much anywhere you get podcasts that's Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Podcasts and even YouTube We'd also like to hear from you too. So if you have a comment, you can do that on our Instagram, which is at HillsongWCC. And we'll see you next time. Bye.